Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, the Diesel Performance Podcast Q&A Facebook group has been going really well. We've been yeah. getting a lot of activity, a lot of really good questions, really technical stuff. And uh, I love to see the support from from our listeners and our fans and just members of the group, mm-hmm. people jumping on and uh, answering that and getting involved in some really good conversations. Yeah, it's really starting to grow. Uh, as a part of that... Um, what we want to start doing is is getting our listeners more and more involved with the podcast. So in the future, uh, we're going to try to pull more of those posts that happen in that that group uh, onto the podcast and talk a little bit more about them in detail. Okay. For today, though, I wanted to kick off the top with Duramax Tuner uh, presents Truck Profiles. Yeah. Uh, this is actually being called Diesel Minute on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick or somebody else on the staff is going to be going through a truck at a time just highlighting, hey, man, here's everything that's been done to it. Here's what it does. Here's just a little a little profile about the truck. So we kicked it off with that 06 Cummins from last week that we yeah. talked about. Uh, so that's a pretty fun truck, Chris. You're <clears throat> you're going to be piloting that truck at some of the, the sled poles here in Illinois. Yeah, coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to kick it off, I believe, on the 31st of July. And then we have several poles the first week of August. Uh, then kind of in the middle of the month, but it'll be seven poles uh, amongst the, the month of August. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Absolutely. So, so got a couple trucks going out there with you. We got an L5P with a tune on it. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, he does have a built trans and yeah. some other supporting mods. We got an LML that's going to be running the Stealth 67 G2, Axergy products, Longhorn products, possibly some DHD products. Uh, really tried to to kind of go outside and, and get a lot of people involved on that truck. So we're really excited for that one. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, and then we have the UCC truck. Well, we call it UCC uh, truck internally, but uh, it's a 2012 Ram uh, extended bed, triple S 500s. It's a big block. It has a semi engine in it. So uh, anyone that's ever followed us, I'm sure you've seen or heard in the past some of the footage or some of the content that we provided. But uh, that I think I'm most excited for. Yeah. So Nick's going to be piloting that one up front. And then uh, Tim Mahoney, when he's out of town, will will be picking up the reins for that one. Uh, we're, we're looking for a home for it right now as far as what class to pull in. Yeah. I mean, it, it turns out our, our hot street class, there's a few questions we're going to be talking uh, with Worley today or, or tomorrow, kind of getting a little bit more detail on, hey, is this is this an exhibition pull? Uh, you know, is this is there a different class this should be right. in? But have no fear, that truck will be in the dirt yeah. uh, starting in, in the month of August. I mean, the big thing with that truck is it's not necessarily getting it out to compete, but getting it out to you know put on a show. Yeah. Uh, you know, this has been a long time coming uh, as far as a project goes for us. You know, we've had a couple hurdles along the way, so we just really want to just get it out there and get some seat time in it, and you know, display a vision that Nick's had for years. Right. So. Right. That that Whirlies were involved in from the very start, from yeah. the very inception of it, yeah. from from a lot of the work on it, from a lot of the design on it. Uh, they were a part of the whole project, so really exciting to uh, to bring that one back to life. Yeah, I mean, as far as you know, how much time and energy we have into it as an organization, uh, the Whirly Brothers have uh, probably equal time <laughs> in a lot of the fabrication <laughs> as far as that goes. So sure, it's exciting. Sure, and hey, I mentioned Tim Mahoney. He he was going to be uh, our kind of stand-in pilot for that truck. Uh, he also has a really cool truck that we're doing 
our next truck profile on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the one of the newer platforms, you know, we, we get a lot of guys that call in over at Calibrated, right? And they're like, oh, I'm looking at buying a truck or my buddy has this and I want to run his truck down, blah, blah, blah. There's no secret. The newer Fords, you know, a 2015 plus Ford, they're kind of the truck to beat as far as tune only scenarios are concerned yeah um if you're going after fully built stock fully built stock yeah i mean uh, tune only you know to make almost 600 wheel horsepower i mean the ford's kind of the ticket right now um and and tim's had several duramaxes in the past and other fords and cummins uh, he has had cummins as well um but uh, this past year he bought a 2019 f-250 lariat um, and it, it holds true to that fully built stock. It's got a set of 20-inch drop star wheels on a 35-inch tire. Um, and then it just has tuning. It has one of uh, Calibrated Power's EasyLink setups on it. So it has the five tunes, emissions equipped, trans tuning, switch on the fly. Yeah. Um, and the truck makes 570, 580 to the rear tire. Now, guys, this is a tune only, no wind take, no nothing. 570 plus wheel horsepower. The thing is a riot on the street. It's extremely responsive. The newer Fords are torque monsters. They're responsive down low. I mean, it, that truck is more impressive. More impressive considering the dollar amount to get it there than like my my Ram. Oh yeah. You know, and I mean, when you get guys on the phone and they're asking, it's like, well, I have a Ram, but if I could do it over, this is what I would buy, and this is why. <laughs> and you get like the GM loyalists, or you get the Cummins loyalists, you're like, I would never be caught dead in a Ford, and it's like, well, sir, I probably would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As somebody who's talked a lot of shit about Fords, um, I still at this point, man, I I say it, and there's this like pain in my side when I say it, but like, yeah, really, realistically. 570 rear wheel horsepower. I, I mean, it, it's a hundred and anybody knows 180 over yeah, stock. 85 horsepower over where the truck baseline stock. Yeah. And they're reliable. They get great mileage. I mean, the truck in general is just a solid vehicle. And they're, Ford's always had a killer interior. Yeah. They, mean, like you could never complain no. about a Ford interior. I mean, they're, they're definitely an impressive truck. A little more expensive, you know, retail yeah. when you compare amongst the big three. But, you know, nonetheless, I mean, it, as the listeners are like, oh, that truck's a tune-only. Yeah, okay, guys, it's a tune-only, wheels and tires, anyone can do it. But that's exactly the point. This is a usable truck at an affordable cost as far as modifications go. You remember and, when, like, Duramax tuning, EFI Live was new, and, like, if you could get, like, 550 horse out of your truck, you were pretty much a badass. Like, if you had a built oh, dude, trans stock I, turbo truck, I you remember, were, like, I back big swinging dick. 20, I, we just had this conversation with a, a customer that came in-house from Michigan where he had an LB7 Duramax, so we did a trans and a Stell 64 on. Yeah. And uh, he was asking me, you know, my background, stuff like that. And we were just, you know, kind of shooting the shit. And I was uh, thinking about it. DJ, the head tech here, you know, trans builder, back in 2013, he had an LB7 02 truck. And it was a built trans lift pump, 550 horse. You know, it had to be head studded, you know, back then. You know, the technology wasn't there like it is now. So he had to do head studs and head gaskets. He had to do injectors in the truck. Granted, it was a little higher mileage. So if you were to go with a newer truck, you know, the the injectors wouldn't necessarily be the case. But you had to do, you know, a four or $5,000 trans. You had to do, you know, a five, $600 lift pump. You know, you had to do, you know, $800 in tuning, you know, back then to get it to, to make 540 wheel horsepower. Now you can literally take a 15 plus Ford and for, you know, $1,300 for an EasyLink hardware and tuning engine and trans, you could have a 550 horse truck. Right. So it's and, and it has 
all of the luxuries of a new truck. All the it also rides a, a million truck. times better than an LB7 and did. And honestly, the trans shifts really nice in those. And honestly, honest. like this, I hate to say this, but that truck at 550 horsepower in bone stock form is probably more reliable than an LB7 at 550 horsepower in bone stock yeah. form. You know, engine-wise, no updates. So, you know, granted, we're talking two different eras of trucks. I get that. We're talking two completely different price points, guys. I get that. But, yeah. you know, just to compare as technology advances in these trucks and the manufacturers develop what they do to the mass market, I mean, they're impressive, to say the least. Hey, listen, I'll always tell our listeners, don't take our opinion on a vehicle as saying you should change what you're doing. If you're a diehard Cummins fan, go buy the Cummins. They're, they're still great trucks. Uh, if you're a diehard Duramax fan, go go buy it. You they're know, that, that's awesome. They're great yeah. trucks. Uh, all we're saying is that if you are one of the people who's not brand loyal and, and you're just looking for, for this specific thing... Yeah. Well, here, here's our answer. And, you know, like a, like I said a few minutes ago, you know, guys call in and they ask questions, you know, because we do have the luxury of having access to all three platforms, you know, yeah. the newer platforms. And, you know, there's always going to be little things about each vehicle that has its positives and its negatives. But I have to always go back and say, like, the Ford's probably the most complete. It is. You know? Yeah. And coming from I, someone who drives a Cummins, and I'll, I'll, I'll continue to do so. Also, as much as I hate agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, that, that was painful, one. man. Your it face was. is getting red. Like, it you're is grinding your just, teeth. Yeah, so I appreciate that. So let's so let's just roll right into a, to a great question and and a good little diesel story. Now our diesel stories are presented by Axergy Performance. Uh, they supply all of our high pressure fuel systems. Yep. Uh, so everything that's in all the trucks we've mentioned today that has a modified set of injectors or a pump, CP four pump, CP three pump, whatever, it's all come from Axergy. Okay, it says, I have a 2007 Duramax with 133,000 miles on it. We've had it since new, and it's been the best truck I've ever owned. We haul our camper or boat just about every weekend in the summer, and we do one big trip every year in the winter. I don't race or sled pull with it and have only done the basic mods. I, th- I think this falls into that like fully built stock. Yep. It says, cold air intake, 4-inch exhaust with a muffler. He made sure to mention muffler. And a tuner, edge juice with attitude. While the truck has never let me down, I am starting to notice a chatter when I'm towing up a steady grade, uh, generally at full load. I think I've heard some noise when I put it into reverse, but it, it may have just been where I was at. I'm kind of summarizing that there. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be coming under from under the truck. Any ideas on what I should be looking for? Um, first and foremost, you know, when it comes to a chatter, you know, you... I would go to U joints first. You know, okay. I would go just check the U joints, make sure there's no you know play in the drive shaft, something like that. You know, maybe it's something simple. Yeah. When I think of chatter, though, I think of like converter chatter, converter like shutter, if you will. That, that's where I would go on. But this I don't one. know about the like the reverse thing kind of threw me for a loop. You well, know, I've had I've had some experience with with watching a six speed trans actually at the shop in Marengo, um, came in on a flatbed saying. Like, like on his own, you know, gooseneck saying like, yeah, I think there's something up with a trans and, and his description was pretty similar now, much more built right. vehicle. Uh, but I watched him put it in reverse and it, it, you could hear the chatter and it actually ballooned out right there. And like it, wow. it shattered while we were standing there when he dropped it in reverse. Now, I don't know if that's what's going on. Like you said, no. U joints, that's a really good one to look at. Um, some of your basic suspension questions always oh, come into play with this, right? I mean, the biggest thing that I would tell someone in this scenario, if, if a gentleman like this called in on the phone, you know, most of the time they're going to say they did some research online or they talked to a buddy and they need a trans. Yeah. 
And I, my famous quote is, I'd love to take your money, but <laughs> we need to get the truck to a shop and have it diagnosed, someone that's more knowledgeable than the forums and your buddies, yeah. to get a better understanding of, of what is exactly going well, on. Well, some, some basic questions. I think I would shoot back right away if I, if I had caught this guy in the moment, which is, well, did your trans temp start to shoot up when you were here in the chatter? Like, like, yeah. are there other symptoms? Have you dropped the the external filter off? Right. Is there any any material on it? Like, do we see anything there? There's some basic well, look at it. You know, pull the dipstick, like the trans stick, and, and see if it smells burnt and looks, you know, super dark. Yeah, I mean, based off of, you know, a phone conversation, depending on how it's presented and, and yeah. the questions and, and the information provided, that's going to change the information compared to... Sure. And and that's why I say when we get the diesel stories, listen, sometimes they're great examples of a common story we've heard. So it's not factual. uh, It's just based on a lot of true stories we've come across. This one came in uh, mostly from that. So this one is mostly from uh, a specific person. And and then I kind of summarize some of these spots to kind of make it a little bit more general. Uh, but but yeah, I think in general, when we get these, we're always going to say we need more information, right? We're, we're always going to have to dig in and ask more questions. And that's one of the things we want to bring up to listeners. When you're diagnosing your truck, ask every question. Go, go through the checklist in your head. Yep. If you, for a minute, suspect there's a trans issue, go through and do the very basic trans diagnostics. Yep. Do you have trans codes, do, you, you know, yeah. filters, fluid, all, all the basic stuff. And the same thing with any other segment of your truck. And this will help eliminate a lot of the simple stuff. Yeah. A lot of the simple stuff. A lot of the stuff you're going to read on the forums, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, hey, if you if you are on Facebook and you're used to getting your, your answers there, we definitely encourage you. Join Diesel Performance Podcast Q&A Facebook group. Uh, if you, you can find it on our Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook page. And I'm, I'm sure if you just search it in Facebook, it'll come up. Um, WC Fab sponsors are from Facebook segment. And I actually have a specific message in this week from Cole Gosler. You can read this one. Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast about Power Stroke, Cummins, etc., and I absolutely love what you guys are doing. It's really nice to be able to just put in my headphones and let the podcast play in the background while I do other things than endlessly looking for information online and dealing with scattered threads, etc. So thank you. Maybe I missed it, but I haven't heard anything about the 6.9 IDI or the 7.3 IDI. I know you guys have talked about the 6.0 and 6.7 briefly amongst a couple of podcasts, but I would really love to hear one dedicated to the 6.0 and the 6.7, as well as the 6.9 IDI and 7.3 IDI. That way, they're in their own category, like the 6.4 Legend podcast. Uh, okay, so Cole, few things. One. 6-4 Legend, that, that's J.D. Gleason. That was a great episode. Yep, J.D.'s uh, a good guy. 6-0, we've had on Art Martinez. Uh, we've had Charlie on... J- yep. Charlie Keeter. Charlie Keeter. We've had on um, just a lot of other well, 6-0 remember, guys. Do you remember the budget The budget build that we did? The budget build, yeah. He loves the 6-liter one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so so we, we've done 6-liter pretty hard. But... Um, the six seven, we love the six seven yeah. Ford. So so the six seven Ford, even even the bastard child or the redheaded stepchild there, the the eleven to twelves, maybe even really eleven to fourteen. Um, I, I we've even covered those. I, I I still would would look at one of those seriously. Yeah. Uh, I think I've referenced the seven three. 
Power Stroke. We've we've referenced the seven three Power Stroke because we did Hypermax and yep, we did we did yep. Ron Ron from Hypermax. Yeah, but when you're when you're talking six nine IDI and seven point three IDI, so just a little background: these are mechanical injection, non turbo charge, right? Like, I don't even know if they make a hundred horsepower. We we have a hard time. So we've talked about this a lot in in private, and, and I've had messages back and forth with other guys about this, and I think even the six five. Uh, fall, six GM and falls six into this. Five fall into yeah, this segment. Uh, they're category. not. I, I can't get behind the idea that these are performance-based trucks. Mm-hmm. I, I just that's great that they're a work truck. We we love that they're a work truck, and that's cool that some guys are still keeping them on the road for whatever reason. I assume nostalgia. Do you remember? It was a podcast. This was before my time, but you had uh, Banks uh, on the podcast. Yeah, and Danny made a reference to like the Sidewinder kit. Yeah. And what what did Gail respond with? <laughs> nobody cares about your Ford, bro. Yeah, <laughs> no, or nobody like your cares about your, your seven three. Like yeah, your, nobody cares about your IDI, but bro. There, the six nine, I think there's very limited resources. When you get into the seven three, there are some upgraded components that are out there. Fuel system upgrades. Banks does offer a turbocharger bolt on kit. The Sidewinder, like we just referenced. I mean, at the top of the show, we talked about five hundred and seventy horsepower tune only from Ford. Yes. And now we're talking about. 100 horsepower, naturally 100 horsepower, aspirated only. Naturally <laughs> aspirated. To put a turbo on it, I assume is 30 horse, more expensive horse? Yeah. than than the, than the truck, than the tuner yeah. for for the new Ford. I mean, I would have to go and go further than that. Buying the turbo kit is probably more expensive than the truck these days. But if you can even find, I mean, I don't even listen. Know we're not we're not bashing on them, guys. I not love I love that you love them. I just don't know if we're going to put an episode together about them. You know what? I think we should. Yeah, I think you know what I, I think we should. You you know what I think would be interesting is if we do a new, another budget build. Okay. And and so somebody steps up and says, "I want to represent with an IDI That'd in a budget be you, build." Paul. No, I'm not doing. Because that. that's not me. Not, I'm not pulling that straw. No. If any of our listeners yes. want to come on the show and they want to do a budget build episode and they want to represent the IDI, we'll have you on. Yeah. Done and deal. Not, and I'm sorry, guys. None of that BS where you get the truck and you just spray a bunch of nitrous at it. Like a full thought out build. We'll put the parameters around yeah. it. Yeah. But so we would definitely like that. If you're interested, contact us. Shoot us a message, yeah. an email, call Chris, whatever. Um but but let us know, and, and we'll put some rules around it. It's, it's going to be something that either it's a daily driver or it's towing capable. Yeah. Right? So, like, no drag trucks, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, things like this. Like, we want something that, that everybody can play in the game. Uh, and, yeah, we'll put a budget build around it, and maybe we'll we'll put some rules on how old or how new of a truck we can pick for the other the other brands as well. I think, I think it has to be from that era, of course. Yeah. I mean, six nines, I mean, those are like mid-late 80s, so I don't really know there's much to compete with that. Coming That's what I'm saying is like, nine, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, six we'll talk twos. about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll no, talk about it. If you're interested, if, a, if somebody yeah, wants to step up that would be in the IDI community, that we'll have you on the show. That would be a challenging podcast. That'd honestly be worth it, I think. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm in. All right, guys. Well, hey, uh, I know this is what a lot of you have been waiting for. Today, Chris and I grabbed the keys for the the Hummer wagon uh, that we have in the shop with the full Duramax conversion on it. We've done some video on that. We had it out at UCC. Uh, I think it'll be making a bigger splash and some more more appearances on our social media here in the near future. Uh, but a Duramax converted, compared to the last one we drove, I would say this one's like the ultimate luxury well, version. I mean, it is, but you know what? Let's just get right into it and let the viewers see it. I love it. All right, guys, here we are riding along in this uh, Duramax converted Hummer wagon. 
Uh, Chris, this is not your first time behind the wheel of this, or first time behind the wheel of this one? This is the first time. Really? Yeah. Really, yeah. Me and uh, our producer, Justin, who if you're watching the videos in the back seat there, uh, he, Back we took confessions. <laughs> <laughs> we took this truck out to go take pictures back in Marengo. Uh, now we're at our new shop, leaving in Woodstock here, and we're gonna go take this thing out on some of the back roads. Chris, first thoughts here: we're just rolling up to 40 miles an hour. We're still in a residential place. What do you think about driving this monstrosity? This thing's wide. <laughs> this is this is a big unit. So like. You know, I, I had the luxury of driving Blair Outland's camoed one that yeah, they had. That listeners um, could not hear us talking. No. It was just all engine screen. We'll, we'll get into all of that, but just right. the initial width. This thing is very <laughs> wide, uh, much more domesticated though. Yeah, so, oh my God, there's an interior. Know, yeah, compared to Blair's, but you know, just initial driving, you know, we'll, we'll get into more of that, but it drives nice, it's yeah. powered. Yeah, I mean, uh, for something that, like, when you look at it from the outside, you just expect it to be a dog. And then you get in it and you start to roll on this throttle. And I know that was one of the things that grabbed me right away was just how responsive it was just sitting there. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I've had some seat time behind the, the turbocharger that's on this truck. And a lot of guys, you know, the, a lot of guys are like, well, it's a different gear pack or gear ratio. It has different tire size, whatever. Yeah. It still has a turbocharger. It still comes to life <laughs> at a certain RPM. And uh, the geared you know, hubs. We hear a lot of guys talk about the geared hubs and the Humvee. Um, the the setup on this, the, the same. So it, it's really, it, it's something that's kind of surprising when you when you start to get up um, or off the line and up towards the top end of it. I think that's really when you notice the gearing change the most in this compared to everything else we drive. Right. Uh, but there is still, like you said, that turbocharger. Uh, you guys might be able to hear that just solid whistle out of it in the background here. Uh, Chris is going to roll on it. It's It comes to life so quick and it's just constantly there. Very... Now, this is the still 67 G2 in this truck. And then that's matched with a set of XRG, what size injectors? 60 overs and a 10 mil CP3 pumps. Yeah. So keeps it a solid, I mean, on, on a normal truck, on a dyno, I think we'd easily see 700 horse out of that setup. Yeah, I mean, realistically, 750 to 800, you know, we're not pushing this. This isn't supposed to be some high yeah. horsepower truck. <laughs> this was just like, hey, you know what, we want to do a Duramax converted truck. We want to put some of our flagship products on there, work with XRG, do a trans, you know, that we do at the shop, you know, just work with some of the vendors, WC Fab, and yeah. other companies, Pila Motorsports for the conversion kit that we've done a lot of business with in the past And it years. is a wild conversion kit. Yes, this is, <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> it's absolutely everything we needed to get the whole job done. Uh, so you, you, you have a Hummer, you have a Duramax engine with an Allison Trans, and you buy one kit and you're you're ready to roll. Uh, and, and it's phenomenal parts. It was all put together just with the highest quality and caliber they possibly could. I feel like we're chasing storms, like we're in, we're in like a movie or some <laughs> sci-fi stuff. Man, this is crazy. This is, well, I, I will say from the passenger side, wildly uncomfortable. Uh, super cool truck, love this rig. But but riding around in the in the passenger seat, I'm not a super tall guy. I think pretty average. I'm six foot tall. One one door handle over here, the piece of the door panel is pushed into one thigh, and my my left knee is cut off by this tiny hole they cut away from the doghouse. Guys, basically, you guys all have buddies. You know, you go on long road trips, and buddies talk shit to other buddies. Yeah, I could run my mouth to Paul right now. He can't do anything. Right. He can't reach me. <laughs> oh. He can't get out of his seat. So like, you know, Paul, f you. 
<laughs> um, it, it, it is tight over here. Uh, and I know the back seat, pretty similar situation. I think a little bit more room width-wise for actually sitting in the, in the truck and riding in it for an extended period of time. Uh, but yeah, if you're not a small guy, this seat's it's got a lot of leg room if I really like stretch my feet out. But uh, yeah, it, it's an awkward shape. The one thing I want to point out is, you know, the cockpit and the driver, you know, everything is facing the driver, the radio, the air, air and, and controls and whatnot. The gauges are literally in your face. The steering wheel, surprisingly for a big vehicle, is extremely small. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's just like, it's just right there. Like I'm 5'9 on a great day, 5'8 on a not so great day. <laughs> and like I fit in this thing perfectly. Yeah, uh, it, it's tight, man. I will say that it, it is a tight fit. And the gauges, listen, like we wanted to keep it original. Do you, do you know what year this body was? Uh, I believe this is like a 95 or a 96. Yeah, it, it, it's right in there. It's the original 95, 96 gauges and dashboard, so it's all plastic. Oh, yeah. It looks very simple. They don't looks, make them like these anymore, boys. <laughs> it looks like it's, it is 100% from that original era, uh, which is kind of cool and nostalgic. Uh, again, for a fun vehicle like a conversion, you know, you're not building this thing to drive it every day, right? The purpose of this vehicle is to, you know, take it out and have some fun with it, but kind of cruise it around on, on the weekends and it's just that nice kind of toy luxury vehicle you have in your fleet. Oh God. Uh, if you're one of those guys, I guess. The body roll on this? <laughs> I would not take this any more than 55 around this turn. Yeah. Uh, so we're going through a, a nice, I would say gentle set of S curves here on the, on the back road. Uh, generally, I think the speed limit's 50. Just about all of us who drive it, I think pin it around 60 around this. I know even in my SUV, I will. Uh, but man, Chris, it feels like this is your first time in a car over here. Yeah, this is this is my first rodeo. <laughs> I mean, I've I've taken cars down though that turn at a, at a decent at a decent speed. Yeah, an undisclosed number. Undisclosed number. That was higher than this, right? Highly illegal. Uh, that felt more uncomfortable. <laughs> but no, and I mean, you know, it's just crazy. You know, you're driving this, and there's the big brush guard up front. You can see every angle of this vehicle for how big and bulky this is. The turning radius as we were pulling it out of the shop is not compared to anything else I've ever been in. This thing can literally go in circles. <laughs> uh, but you can see both ends of the truck. So even though it's as wide as it is, it's uh, very uh, maneuverable, if you will. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, the, the pillars, the, these front pillars, they do kill me on the blind spots. I, I will say that. I, no, I would say they're, like, maybe for you looking out, but for yeah. me, there's, like, this is one of the least blind spottable vehicle I've been in in a while. We're going to let you go with that phrasing. Um, I mean, hey, you know what? I'm not perfect, <laughs> but I'm just saying. This is Nobody was confused about that. All no, right. Everyone, but, everyone understood. But, but <laughs> yeah. It does have pretty good visibility. Uh, you're sitting in a different position, I think, than what you usually are, right? Yes. So, so in your truck, you have this really short front end, rounded corners that come down. Uh, your view of it, because uh, your pillars are much larger there. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's a definitely a different view and a different kind of perspective. Uh, but what we find here is that this is something, yeah, it, it's, it feels pretty wide open, even for it being the enclosed wagon that it is. Uh, Chris, I want to talk a little bit about a little bit about NVH, which is something that the new manufacturers are really on when they're talking about developing new vehicles. Um, I know that's something that we talked about with the guys from Ram, the guys from Duramax. Uh, just everybody in the market is talking about noise, vibration, harshness. <laughs> so, so let let's run that one backwards. Uh, harshness. So, ride quality. 
Um, are, are you? Do you get the big bounce, the sudden bumps? Uh, we're going over not a new road here. No. I would say this thing's actually really fucking smooth I compared to what it is. I would say this very plush. It's definitely uh, an old, like, 80s Cadillac, 70s Cadillac. Yeah. It's a boat, and it, flo it floats. <laughs> it floats. I mean, these road, this road that we're on right now, um, there's a lot of cracks and bumps in the road. It's not a new road by any means. It's just an old country back road, essentially. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I've taken vehicles on this road where you feel all those bumps. Yeah. You don't feel that. I mean, even as the recording's going on, your voice, there's no, like, cracking or up and down movement of the voice. Exactly. So, Which, hey, even when we were in the Apache on that on that spring-loaded sea, uh, we were bouncing all over yes. the place. I would say this is, you know, miles beyond that. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and, again, we love that build. Um, okay. Uh, so it's noise, vibration, harshness. So vibration, like we were saying, really not a lot of clatter and rattle in this in no. this build. And that's something that I, I do find you know, in just most vehicles, yeah. that there's always one little, like, loose piece of something that's I mean, clicking or clattering. The thing that we keep in mind is this. We're comparing, we're, we're going to, when we talk about clatter, vibration, I, I think that comes from two parts. Yeah. Number one, yes, this is not on factory suspension anymore. It has a Fox shock set up on it, which makes the ride quality nice. But interior-wise, the interior, there's no creaking, rattling. Like right. The craftsmanship in, in the vehicle inside itself, I mean, it, it's nice, especially yeah. for the year and what it is. And how about, like, I noticed my hands on the wheel, it felt smooth. It didn't feel like there was a lot no, of no, no, lot no. going on in the steering column. There's nothing going on in the steering wheel yeah. in the steering column at all. It's very tight. Yeah. Um, and then noise. So it, it is, I would say, louder than a truck and quieter than any other conversion that we've driven. Well, I, by far. We hear a lot of road noise, and I think a lot of that has to do with the size tire and the tread of the tire. Okay. Um, you definitely hear some of the engine. you got to keep in mind that, if guys, we're putting our hand on the dog box, <laughs> yeah, if you will. Yeah, I am on top of um, the turbo The motor is right here. Like, yeah. Right here. I am I am petting the turbocharger as we speak. Ugh. It's right there, right? In your own time. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's right there. That's the genie. <laughs> I got the wand. Um, but no, it's right there, so it is very loud. And then you can also hear the transmission. You, know, right. you can hear the transmission line. So, I mean, you can hear a lot of the drive line components doing what they're supposed but, to do. But with the carpeted roof, the actual oh, yeah. um, plastic leather faux interior, yep. the carpeting around, even with it being a wagon, we usually get a lot of echo in a vehicle like this. Oh. That eats up a lot of that noise. Sound that noise, um, definitely. But I, I think probably the flooring... What's between us and the, the moving components, like you mentioned, the tire, the trans, you know, these parts, uh, that's a lot thinner than usual than oh, in your absolutely. standard truck. So, so like you said, that's where we're going to get that noise I from. Mean, I'll just go off In the cab, this. though, this is great compared this to what is, else we've driven. This is the quietest conversioned vehicle we have been in. Yeah. I, I said that two minutes ago. Um, I'm glad we agree. I'm driving, so I'm not paying attention <laughs> to you. Okay, but, but it is. But it is. And that's what I'm saying. When I think back to driving the Scottsdale. Um, oh, yeah. Do you remember the, that thing? The, the Scottsdale was screaming. Uh, similar to this, right now they don't have the AC hooked up. Uh, they were working on diagnosing the, the blower yeah. for that. And I'm like borderline ready to start it, sweating. It is, it, it is uncomfortable, but not like unbearable, I, I guess is what I would say. Driving around, it's probably 90-something degrees out today. Um, and we're about to go over some torn up pavement here, so we'll oh, really put yeah. this vibration harshness to the test. Dude, I'm gonna, Guys, I'm gonna, this hit, is, I'm gonna hit the pop yeah. Uh yeah, keep yeah. it on the road, but yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> 
so we're over it. I, I mean, this is one of those where they, they've peeled the cap off the top of the road. Yeah. Um, we're ripping here. Chris has got a good speed going. We're doing 60. It's really not bad no. at all. Uh, so a yeah. nice suspension setup. Kudos, I was just going to say kudos to that suspension setup, uh, which I believe was a part of that Pila conversion kit. Yep, yep. Um, it's an upgrade. And, and this, is, this is what that's about, is that if you want to daily drive one of these things, but that big bump coming back on the paved spot there. It didn't pop around, or I mean, it, you heard the bump, but yeah, you Yeah, yeah. You knew it was there, but it wasn't, you know, dangerous. Uh, so, no, I, I, I'm definitely impressed. I would say I'm pretty blown away on this, this suspension and tire setup and, and being in this thing, especially compared to the other Hummers we've driven. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, we've had the luxury. We've seen a couple of them come in yep. and out of the shop over the years. What would you say, now thinking back, no AC in either one of them, would you go with a hard top or would you go with a rag top? Hard top. Hard top? I like really? the way the hard tops look. Okay. I like, I like the wagon. I like the hard top idea more than I like the rag top. The doors of the rag tops, you know, the flimsy doors, yeah. if you will. I mean, the one that we drove that we did the feature on with Blair Outland, I mean, that was a badass build. Definitely a different purpose than this. Yeah. They're not the same vehicle. Yes, That one was almost like, let's drive this thing to go off-roading. Yes. Um, and this is like, let's drive to an off-road park and unload the trailer. Yes, absolutely. Right? I, would, I mean, I would drive this thing. <laughs> I would take this thing a few hours or go on a, a trip or something yeah. like Yeah, yeah, and I, I think too we got the windows up right now because we want to have you know better audio for the podcast yep. and, and the video here. But realistically, I, I would drive this thing with the windows down and probably be totally fine even oh, on yeah. a day like today where it's oh, hot yeah. and buggy out. Get some tunes blasting, you know, have a yeah. little fun. Uh, this does not have the super upgraded stereo uh, to combat all of the road noise, which honestly I'm. I'm I know I'm getting old because I actually appreciate that that I don't need the radio to be louder than the obsessively loud like ridiculously loud vehicle i'm driving um for at that point i know it just started to feel like noise this you know this is like we said a whole different perspective on on what one of these conversions can be and i like that you know you could go to what, what is it gov planet or iron planet um and and you could buy a stripped down military spec humvee or you could go out and spend a little bit more money and bring in a Hummer like this. This had a 6.5 when it came into us. Yep. Uh, and it still wasn't, as far as as far as far a luxury conversion Duramax powered vehicle goes, it wasn't outrageously expensive, you know? And it came back to life pretty well. Um, so yeah, so I think what we're gonna do is I think get guys, a chance here to switch drivers. Yeah, I've had some fun, you know? We'll kinda, this is a happy medium where we're at now, so we're gonna swap, swap drivers and let Paul kinda you know, take control of the reins a little bit and have a little bit of fun. I love it. We'll be right back. So, still 67. A turbo All right. Charger. Still 67 G2 on this thing. I'm getting out and getting it. Uh, hey, we don't have a Speedo right now, huh? Yeah, you do. It's on the CTS monitor. Oh, okay. Great options with the Edge. Gotcha. Um, and it's right there in the middle, so we're doing 49 mile an hour right now. That's that's pretty handy. Yep. Yep. Um, no, we do, yeah. Okay, so we got some basic things up. Chris, when you set up a CTS monitor on a conversion, do you look at different parameters than, than normal? No, I mean, it, depending on what the engine is, or I will take a Duramax in a perspective. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna monitor roughly the same things regardless, uh, whether it's conversion or not. So I always like to monitor rail pressure actual and rail pressure desired. And the reason I like to monitor both those PIDs is rail pressure actual is what the ECM is actually asking the engine to do. 
And then the actual, right? Did I say actual? Yeah, desired. okay, so right. desired, desired is, is, is what the program. ACM is asking. Right. And then uh, actual is what the truck's actually doing. Right. And you're able to compare those two numbers because that number is constantly changing by RPM and throttle response. Yeah. So whatever the load is under, that's going to dictate fuel pressure. So I always monitor that, boost pressure. Um, I like to use the TCL torque converter lockup. That PID allows you to see what gear the transmission's in and when the converter unlocks or locks. Right. So big, big thing. I'm a big fan of that. Um, I like to do throttle percentage, believe it or not. For years, when uh, I first started working over at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner, and I would tune my own stuff, or Nick would help me with tuning, I would be like, yeah, you know, I'd get into the throttle, and this is what the truck was doing. He was like, well, what was your throttle percentage? I don't know, Nick, halfway, uh, well, do you know? <laughs> so I always use that because it allows me to be a little bit more in tune with, you know, how the truck is reacting. It's so funny you bring that up. So the first time uh, I went out for a test drive on a new tuning platform with Nick, he said, okay, go ahead and give it like 50, 60% throttle. And so I give it what I think is 50, 60% throttle. He's like, and keep going, and keep going, and keep going. All of a sudden I'm like, wow, I'm really on this thing. He's like, yeah, most people have no idea what actual throttle percentage they're at. You feel like you're 50%. You might be the guy who's like me at 30%. Yeah. You might be the guy like you who's already at 80%. Yeah. Like seeing that on there, I do feel like gives you a much better gauge of how hard you're working yeah. the truck. No, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, your, your boost pressure. I always like to monitor engine coolant temp. Guys, something that's very, very common on like your basic, you know, Duramax, Cummins. You monitor engine coolant temp based off of the gauge on the dash. Not, not downplaying or shit talking the factory gauge, but I have seen these gauges become 20, 20 degrees off one yeah. way or another. I'm not saying that it's every truck, but I like the edge monitor because it's gonna still monitor off of the factory sensor, but the reading is gonna be a little more accurate. On my 07 Dodge, 20 degree difference. Yeah. I well, you know, you're looking at, at, at a, a, a round dial yes. with, a, with a pin through it as opposed to a digital the readout of the screen. So it might be displaying correctly, it's just there's some scaling differences yep. that come through when they move that. And uh, then I would say like, you know, on like my my comments for an example, with the MM3 I monitor line pressure in the trans, which is something that I like to watch. Um, but for the Duramax stuff, you know, with the edge monitor, those are generally the big ones that I monitor. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a good one. Uh, obviously, if you got a variable vein charger, I think vein position is a good idea to look at, you know, and some other basic things like that. And it is. It, it's the same thing on a regular truck as it is on a conversion. And whether that's, a, a, you know, some sort of basic swap over in, 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 you know, an old C10, or if it's a big balls out, you know, Pila conversion, Hummer, you know. Well, a couple of things I've seen going to the shows over the years and seeing some of the really cool conversions across the country, guys don't even really waste their time doing a big dash with new gauges. They mount the edge monitor in the center of the dash, and that's what they use to monitor all their engine pipes. Yeah, that's what Glares was set up like. Yeah, We've exactly. seen a few others, so it's very, especially when we were at uh, UCC going through the show in yeah, China. It's very quite versatile. A few guys and you know what? 430 bucks, 440 bucks, you know, retail on something like that, it's totally worth it. Yep. And it's accurate information. Yeah. That's so, a no brainer. A big fan there. Now let's talk a little bit about drivability. So one of the things that I get about guys, and again, conversion, I get it guys, but we're talking big injector, big pump. Yeah. Okay? My friend told me not to go with a big stroker pump because of the drivability. Or my buddy told me not to buy a big set of injectors because of the drivability out of that injector. What do you feel like, as far as, you know, feeling of the injector pump setup? This is one of my favorites. Um, okay, so, so I, drivability most often to me relates to spool on. 
So how quickly is the turbocharger and the engine, how quickly is my power going to come to life? What's my acceleration rate? That has the most impact of drivability as far as tuning or, or modification setup goes, right? Um, other things that impact drivability are like suspension, tires, drive line, things of that nature, braking, which is what I'm having to, to throw the hooks right now to get around someone on the side of the road here. Um, you know, things like that also impact drivability. But I think it's tuners and performance orientated guys. Generally, what we're talking about is we're talking about acceleration. Um, I, I, it's so funny, I was just talking with Nick about this. So injector size, if we would have run 60% injectors or 100% injectors, the turbo would have spooled up the exact same. It right. would have had no impact over over the how quickly it spools up. That's gonna have to do with the turbine wheel uh, or the turbine wheel of the of the turbocharger. Yeah. It's gonna have so much more to do with it than, than the injector size. Right. Injector size and drivability is, in my opinion, gonna be about heat control and smoke output, which are clearly tied together. Okay. Right, I so I, if, I, I, if I got a whole level. bunch of smoke, I got a whole bunch of heat. Yep. So 60% injectors, we used to call that the edge of drivability. Because anything over ago. that, five, five years, years ago, ago, right. Anything over that would be super smoky, you'd build a bunch of heat, you'd melt shit down, yep. you'd get bad fuel mileage, it wasn't any good. Well now, tuning and pumps and everything has come further. Now running up to 100% over on the streets, totally normal. Like even not, not even easy, days. I was gonna say just normal. Yeah, and, and I know guys with 150s, maybe stretching it at 200 uh, that are daily driver street trucks that aren't smoky. They're just not smoky. And I think, you know, to kind of piggyback on what you said there, or to add to, if you will, when you talk about drivability, yes, spool up, yes, smoke control. But diving into that a little bit more, injection rattle, the power curve of how the truck comes into its power band, how rail pressure comes into play with atomization of the fuel that the injector is uh, dispersing into that cylinder sure. to really allow the engine to run in a, a smooth fashion more so than you take a truck, a stock truck off the showroom floor and you get into the power where it might not have as much power as we want. There's no denial that the power isn't smooth. The delivery of that power band is smooth and consistent. Yeah. So when we talk about drivability as a company organization or when we're setting up trucks, it's all those things that Paul said at the same rate of trying to retain that drivability, that smoothness, That's right. allowing everything come together. And I think this truck, even though it is a conversion and it's big and bulky and it has a big single turbo and it has big injectors and a big pump and you know it has a built motor and a built trans, the drivability, even of a conversion as radical as this, comes together in a really, really solid way. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And we see that while we're out on the street. Uh, you know, I'm cruising along now, I'll slow down a little bit so we can kind of get on the throttle here. Um, and here we go, as I come to life, Chris is watching the, the mirror on the exhaust. exhaust side. No smoke, uh, I'm not blacking out the guys behind me. I come right back up to speed quickly, so not even watching boost pressure or so, vein position, just watching what's my speed now, what's my speed after three seconds. Right. Truck comes right back to where I want it to, it, it accelerates real quickly. I want to let off the throttle, that's the other thing, I don't hear that turbocharger cough out. I'm not I'm not falling on its face the second I'm well, off the I throttle. Think the big thing there, you know, let's dive into VVT turbos real quick. Yeah. You know, five years ago when we were talking about 700, 750 horse being like cutting edge, like, hey, that's as much power as you can make out of a straight truck. That was truck. a big, we had that to was achieve a big that. VVT. We, well, we had to achieve that in a smokeless manner with compounds. Yeah. Stock over S400 frame style twin turbos, this type of fuel system. 
and even then, I mean, I wouldn't say there was any quirks, but that was the beginning cutting edge of, hey, this is what's possible. Right. Now we have a turbocharger. When we came out with like the Stealth 67 or when, you know, other various turbo manufacturers came out, back in the day, all that was available was like a drop-in 4094. That's where it. the turbo was very delayed down low. It took a while for it to come to life. And when it came to life, it was like, hold the fuck on. You're going for a ride. But that was north of 2,000 RPM. Yeah. You, know, you already lost the big operation operational window of where that engine's going to be able to make power be efficient. Yeah. Now, years later, we have a turbocharger that what's come to life 16, 1,700 RPM. You don't even feel the transition. It's, it's just smooth. It's always making boost. It's just like crazy. that's what I love about it's just, it. It's crazy to see the technology advance, right? And, and all these yeah. technological advancements over the years and parts from various vendors within the industry and the innovative. Well, I think that's that one of the things that was cool about this turbo is that when they put it together, they they looked at the vein size and yep. height and depth. The unison ring for the, the travel. The, the unison ring to get yep. it and like to make it custom and like to actually go into things like that. That's not things we did five years ago. That oh, just no. wasn't an option. It wasn't wasn't a thing we thought of. Um, so you know it was bigger wheels and that's all we did back then. And now you get into you know balancing and and testing and, and actually seeing what works and what makes minor port work in the exhaust housing. Yeah. you know stuff like that. It's it, just it's crazy. Every little thing uh, to see how it all adds up. And and you throw it in a truck like this. But honestly, it, it, again, it's one of those cool swaps that like we would just give a pass to on coolness. Like I would sacrifice some drivability like, to have to this thing out, every day. You know, we're 1580 RPM and you were at five pounds of boost. Yeah, 1580 RPM, five pounds. Yep. Just like cruising. it's nothing. Like it's nothing. That's stock it's turbo. That's stock turbo RPM and boost. Yeah. That's just insane to me. And it does it all the time. And and that's you, you know listen you you don't build a, a vehicle like this to hide it in your garage. All right, guys. This truck has been an absolute blast to drive. By um, far my favorite conversion to date. Yeah. No question. No question. As far as what we've done on the podcast or uh, what what we've driven uh, on tape. This is number one. I think the Duraburb's up next, which will put this to the challenge about the ultimate in drivability and comfort along with power and performance. Oh, yeah. But to date, right now, this is number one. This thing kicks ass. Thank you, Nick, for letting us drive it. Thank you, Adam Pila, for getting involved on the project. Uh, Exergy Performance, Jason Worley, WC Fab, uh, and everybody else who makes this podcast possible. And, of course, thank you to the listeners. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. Chris Emke. Thanks for listening or watching. Some people and get some reactions. Starbucks. Dude, I'm down. You trying to be basic? Hell yeah.